0: Welcome into the BSN Buffs podcast. Coming to you from the Blake Street Tavern. As always, this podcast is sponsored and brought to you by the Blake Street Tavern. Our lovely folks here at the corner of Park and Twenty. Well, it's not Park and Twenty Second. It's God damn it! It's Park Come and Blake on, every week. I know where it is. <laughs> it's not like I don't know where it is. I'm here every day, legitimately. Uh, this place kitchen open till midnight. They've got a big sign that tells you that. Uh, they also have bathrooms here, which is probably you know a feature that they don't have in most places. Either way, uh, they've got great drink specials. Uh, If you're coming down for a Rockies game, they've got $6 gigantic things of Coors and Coors Lights two hours before and after Rockies games uh, and during uh, places real close to the Rockies. So if you're coming down next homestand for a game, come over here for a pit stop and check out the Blake Street Tavern. This is the BSN Denver Buffs Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Breaking away, two tackles to beat Phil Lindsay! 10, five, touchdown Colorado! You're my dream. You're my dream. Back out to one, three-point shot, Colorado. Goal! Picked off! Picked off by Derek Dawson! He got
1: the first down. Buffs win the back 12-7. Shapiro, I don't don't know. I don't know. I don't know, but I started calling him Mike McIncrier. How does he find love at the Walrus? You know. You
2: can't find love at the Walrus. Rihanna
1: said you can.
2: (laughs) I know. (laughs) Stop. No, I've never been mad before.
0: Now, you are your hosts, Ryan Coney, Jake Shapiro, and Allie Monroy.
1: Step one, be attractive. Step two, don't be unattractive.
0: Yo, Ryan, today on the podcast, Jake Shapiro alongside Ali Monroy and an equally as handsome co host to my left, instead of Ryan Konigsberg, we've got Chase Hobb. A little
1: bit more handsome, actually.
0: Uh yeah. You know, I think some would say you're more handsome, and I am in that boat. <laughs> uh, Especially considering uh, this whole mail romper thing. No. Uh, no. It's, it's big in the news today, and no. today's Tuesday. Uh, Boo. Allie won't even let us get through the mail romper Boo. thing. Chase, before I, before, you, uh, before I share my take, what's Am your I take on Am I sharing my
2: takes at the end?
0: Yes. Okay. What is your take on the mail romper? All right. So I think that the
1: mail romper is strictly beachwear. The only place that I see it looking nice is somewhere in, like, a tiki bar. But um, other than that, like it's n- you can't even go out in the town at one of those.
0: <laughs> okay, but like, where do you fall on beachwear? Is like beachwear for you like any tank top of any kind is beachwear? Like, what's beachwear? No, to like you? you
1: have to be on the beach or at a tiki bar or something. You have to be in. But what beach other mode. clothes
0: would you qualify as only
1: beachwear? Oh, beach oh uh, <laughs> anything. I mean, usually it's a swimsuit. And but a like tank I top. wear,
0: but like I wear swimsuits and tank tops around Boulder during the summer. No, but. <laughs> you can't just wear a male romper around Boulder. <laughs> you know what? I can and I will. Uh, I am wearing goddamn male rompers this summer. Uh, male rompers are in and I am wearing them because I have th- of the perfect body build for a male romper. Sam says no. Sam's also here today.
2: All right. I, all I want to say is it's not even called a romper. It's called a – the brand is called a romp him. Why? Cause Why you the name?
1: Because – you never heard no of him, like, romp her
2: no. It you've doesn't have an H you've in it. you never him.
1: heard of the saying like romp her? I, I barely her, know yeah, her. Yeah. I barely
0: I barely knew her. So romp him? I barely know him.
2: Yeah, it's it's Anything dumb. with ER? You're it looks weird. I'm looking at pictures mm-hmm. right now, and it makes me mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Like um,
0: see, okay. Sam says it's something you make fraternity pledges wear, and she called it super fratty earlier. But what I will say is. No one is going to look as good on 4th of July as Ryan and I when we're both wearing matching okay. Stars and Stripes rompers. Anyways, somehow, I think, somehow, uh, somehow No, 4th
1: of July is a great occasion for it. her, actually.
0: Okay, everyone's on board with that. It, as, Allie, as long as Allie's it's red, white, and blue. Because I'm looking
2: at them, and they're just so you, awful. Will you find
0: me a red, white, and blue one before so I don't have to look into this? No, I'm Please not. find me a red. <laughs> they're going to have them. They have to have them.
2: They look like pajamas. Like rompers look look flattering on your body. These do not. The one thing that I will say that is unfair is that there's a there. Where, where is it? Hold on.
0: Didn't Cam There's didn't a, a zipper
2: fly for guys, while girls, when they go to the bathroom. Have to just take everything off.
0: That's what's nice about being a man. Yeah. (laughs) But that's not fair. If you
2: want a romper, like girls, it should be the exact same thing.
0: You know what's funny? That this romper thing came into the news today. Uh, I was literally (laughs) walking around. This is what I do because I'm a crazy person. But I was just walking around on Monday, and I was thinking, I should get a pair of overalls. (laughs) So, like, this kind of fits what I was going for. I could get a romper because that's kind of the swag I was going for. Sam, likes, Sam wants me to get overalls. All I, right.
2: I'm saying the only way I think rompers look good, I agree with Sam, is if you add a belt to this because, like, then it looks different. Look at that. All right. Like, it looks weird and empty, and it looks like you're wearing an oversized T-shirt. I like t-shirt. that splatter
0: print collection. It's, it's, no, you know, so
2: It'll look like
0: a two-piece set, though. Jake, Let's like not Jake you've asked me one.
2: how to find love in Boulder. I'm telling you, it's not wearing a male romper.
1: I there might be a girl out there that's <laughs> in the – You know
0: what? All I will say is that our very good friend Ryan Konigsberg has found love recently. And this is the same man that used to wear short, short, short jorts on 4th of July every single year that were starred and striped. Uh, So what's the difference between us switching? me and Because I'm I'm in on this this year. I was going to get my own pair of jorts this year with Ryan. So what's the difference between us switching from the jorts, the short jorts, to the rompers i think the rompers is a great play because fourth of july in boulder is a holiday it's a it's a celebration it is a tradition and i'm
2: not denying that
0: and we need to do it in style and it's going to do rompers and it's not just going to be rompers next year anything that we add to our fourth of july repertoire is something that happens annually so we'll be wearing these rompers for quite some time
2: you're
0: you're trying to justify bad fashion with worse fashion like American flag print short shorts
2: are something you love somebody in spite of not because of so I don't think that Ryan like found love because of those shorts I think you're giving them too much credit I think whoever Ryan has found love with loves him in spite of those
0: okay that might be fair but it's I guess going good
2: I guess Jake isn't the only one because in this article that I read it Cam Newton a poll. wore
0: rompers to Coachella they're Cam Newton. Cam Newton
2: cannot wear anything. What Cam Newton wore to Coachella was weird. Anyways, there's a poll that says, so there you have it. Would you wear a romp him or buy one for your boyfriend, friend, fellow frat brother? And there's a poll. And Fellow
0: f- – you know what? If it has frat brother in the article, that's a <laughs> bad sign. It that's a bad it starts, sign.
2: There's three answers. Honestly, yes. Hell to the no. 2017 has gone too damn far. And then the last one is, but why did they have to call it romp him? And the vote is 37% of people out of 25.3 thousand people that voted said, honestly, yes. 35 said hell to the no. 28 said, but why call them romp
1: Numbers him? don't
0: lie. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, it's, you know what this podcast is? A lifestyle podcast. It's a podcast. lifestyle podcast, but we do talk about the Buffs, and we're going to get into that now. Some Buffs news this week. Um, with CU, they are adding a new scoreboard, Allie, aren't they?
2: Yes, they are. I well, called it a, uh, what did I call it really What did you about? call it? I called it a, uh, Coors Event Center adding middle thingy screen.
0: No, what did you say? What did you, what did you say about how the scoreboard were, was to be oh, hung?
2: Oh, from what it looked, what the article said, it's called Center Hung, hung Scoreboard.
0: See, as, as the guys on the podcast, Chase, isn't that weird? Normally th- ha- things hang left or right. They don't hang down the center.
2: Ryan, he stole your joke. He
0: <laughs> told me to steal that joke. He said Ryan, that was his obit for the podcast. your joke.
2: He texted that in our group chat and said, nobody's center hung. You either hang left or right. Joke I would have made if I was on the podcast.
0: Uh, <laughs> anyways, our group chat is ridiculous. Yeah. You think the podcast is bad, you should see the group chat. I don't
2: like being in it.
0: It's called <laughs> our group chat with Ryan, Allie, and I is called Brandstorming.
2: But even when I leave, they re-add me. There's no way of getting
0: out of it. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is a big addition to the course event center. Uh, they're. Ge- I can't even think of how many center-hung scoreboards there are across college basketball. There are only a few that I can think of, and CSU's one of them, and CSU's scoreboard is trash like everything else that they do. But I like CSU's basketball arena. CSU's got a cool little basketball arena, but uh, adding more screens and adding a scoreboard of this quality isn't gonna hurt at all. Uh, and it just goes in line with all these other improvements they've made Definitely. at the Coors Event Center, uh, especially with them about to rebrand the Coors Event Center to whoever buys that sponsorship. Uh, They're turning what is a very old and dumpy stadium built in the late 70s into a pretty solid uh, D1-capable stadium.
2: In my opinion, somehow I feel like it makes it more exciting. You feel like you're a real real professional, in a sense, basketball game. When you go to the Pepsi Center, they have that huge... You know who doesn't feel
0: like a real professional when going to a basketball game at CU? What? The players, because they're not getting paid. Okay.
2: Well, then. Anyways... Um, I think it will really help fans come out. They'll be able to see everything that's going on in the court. It makes it feel more an exciting atmosphere in my mind. I think it'll really help for all sports too, especially because the champion center just has so much money given into it. They're constantly making new changes and adding new things. Of event center deserves some love too, and a new added technology and all that kind of stuff to enhance it a little more.
0: Yeah, maybe this will add some excitement to the Coors Event Center because uh, the students certainly aren't because they don't know when the games are. Uh, woo. Uh, anyway. Hopefully this is
2: part of their Their plan in re-
0: rebranding. Yeah. Uh, the person that is in charge of ma- uh, marketing was uh, quoted in the article. So he does have something to do with this and hopefully uh, they can get some advertisement on this and bring in some more dollars that they can therefore spend on CU. In the scoreboard rendering there was a sponsor a literal spot for a sponsor it wasn't like King Supers or Blake Street Tavern it just said sponsor Uh, so they're already selling uh, some scoreboard spots there Uh
2: I think it'll also help not just the sports but I know um, Coors Event Center gets rent out for a lot of events. Um, The recent event that I went to is a Humane Society event and having a scoreboard like that just for video to show everyone what's going on everywhere is really helpful generally when more
0: generally when there are people on the floor though like for graduation they would take that down oh really so yeah for that humane society event they would probably take the scoreboard down
2: isn't that such an effort like
0: or (laughs) not really honestly or really high up yeah
2: okay but there was people so there was people on the floor but there's also people sitting in the stands who didn't buy tickets for the actual seats so then they might have it for something like that.
0: They weren't popping bottles of champagne, is that what you're saying? No, they weren't. Like you? It was <laughs> um, fun event. <laughs> I know. We won fun. a lot of stuff. <laughs> uh, anyway, we've got some other stuff on the podcast. Uh, the big news in CU this week was graduation and commencement. Our very own Sam, uh, who's right here, graduated this week. Uh, very proud of her. And Ted. And Ted, who is not here, but we love Ted. Uh, I don't know if Ted even listens to the podcast anymore. Well, if you do, Ted, hey, congrats. Uh, but <laughs> the big-time speaker at commencement was someone Ted wrote about last week is Kate Fagan and that article by Ted, who was a huge CU Women's Basketball fan growing if up. If
2: you haven't read that article, you really should go check it out. It's like a, question, um, like a Q&A style, and it's really, really good and really interesting.
1: It got some play on Around the Horn yesterday, it too. It did.
0: It got on ESPN.
1: Kate got in a little bit of trouble for –
0: for for well, I think she got in trouble for saying anything good about Bill Plaschke. <laughs> but uh, I ran into Bill Plaschke in Vegas. That was funny. Uh, that's not a story for the podcast. Anyway, uh, Kate Fagan was the speaker. Uh, Chase was there. Uh, I saw highlights of the speech, but didn't I see did the whole well. thing. Uh, Chase, what are some of the things Kate talked about? What struck you about uh, the former CU women's basketball player and current uh, ESPN commentator?
1: I think my favorite part overall was just the way that she interacted with her audience. She kept us very engaged throughout the entire speech. And she she kind of just felt like another person. She was making jokes, making it funny. Um, she didn't want to make it too big of a deal, but she, she still did a great job. Um, she talked... Mostly about life lessons, which is kind of what you would expect at one of those. And she covered her early basketball career um, and kind of just lessons that she learned throughout her life.
2: I think from the highlights that I saw, one of my favorite things was how relatable she was being with the crowd. She was talking about how she couldn't come in to see you and tell everyone um, that she knew, like, all about the different schools and, like, all of these, like, oh, you need to be doing this, you need to be doing that, because she had lost, I think she said she lost her ID, she lost her, or she left her girlfriend's computer on the plane, her car is still in the shop, she's still on her parents' cell phone plan at 35. She said she's
1: not a functional adult like three or four different times.
2: Exactly, she was just being so relatable, and especially because once you graduate college, you feel so nervous and you feel so scared because you're like, I'm in the real world now, so what am I going to do? What do I do? I need to be an adult. So she was kind of bringing it into perspective that even at 35, like you're still just trying to get everything together and not everything's planned out, but you just, with the life lesson, she explained, just need to go by it day by day and just face the challenges head on and learn and grow from it. So I thought it was a really, really great commencement speech. It's funny
0: because in the speech she talked about uh, how headlines. Oh, yeah. uh, She talked about how headlines aren't representative of stories. Uh, anymore, and, and just kind of like that, and it was funny because Ted was actually the one who sent it to me. Ted and I argued over what headline he was going to use for his story for maybe four hours, <laughs> and then, uh, and I wanted him to use something more clickable, honestly, and more representative of one of the more interesting things she said, but not all-encompassing uh, because it was a three thousand word story. And you're not going to get a headline that covers everything, but Ted just was like, "I am doing my headline." I'm like, "Dude, fine, fine." And then he sent that to me. I'm like, oh, that's hilarious that she said that. Uh, Some of the highlights from graduation, I didn't go to the big commencement, but I went to the journalism and uh, communication department's commencements uh, for which Samson Kafavalu walked uh, at graduation for graduating with a comm degree, except Samson Kafavalu didn't walk because Samson Kafavalu was in San Francisco practicing with the 49ers. But like I said, Samson Kafavalu walked and it was actually his cousin who walked across the stage, screamed into a microphone, for my boys, and then left the stage. <laughs> That's awesome. And it was amazing. Uh, Phil Lindsay got the biggest applause out of, I think, anyone that graduated, and rightfully probably so. Everyone loves Phil. He's a great character. Uh, the Bobo, too, he walked right. Yep, I saw him. Not at that one. I not saw him at, at the one. big
2: one. in general. Uh, I think he walked, Phil, from what I saw.
0: Yeah, I mean, I only know from where I was at. And then uh, some of the volleyball players, uh, Sierra Simpson, uh, Jocelyn Hayes, Caitlin Cuff, uh, all walked and all got big applause. Uh,
2: What, I don't know, you saw Jaleel Awini's hat. What did it say again?
0: Uh, That was so, I didn't know that I could tweet that or not, but he (laughs) retweeted me, so I guess it was okay. Uh, Jaleel Awini put on his hat, just did it with a Nike logo, and then... Uh, uh, we came here to play school too which is from the famous Cardell Jones quote at Ohio State about how he was like failing a class or whatever and he's like I didn't come here to play school uh, so that was, that was pretty solid it would have been even better if Cardell Jones hadn't written on his own hat uh, a week ago the same thing I did come here to play school too uh, and of course Cardell Jones doing it is even funnier because he was in on the original joke Anything else from commencement that you guys heard or saw? Um, um, Cheeto came back from Dallas. He yeah, he came show. back for one day to graduate and was here and gone. Akello, same thing.
2: I don't know if uh, the 49ers put something on their Twitter, but I did see uh, Dallas Cowboys uh, put a picture of Cheeto and said congratulations, like big day for um, Cheeto. He comes back tomorrow to practice. So that was pretty cool.
0: Also, It's kind of weird that like – the camera and like a couple other people like. Congrats to all the football players that graduated and like the head photos Julia Luini, who like is kind of really not on the football team at this point. So I I had some questions there. Like of course he was gonna walk with all of his friends and as he should, but like I don't know it's kind of like weird to me like Did that you're gonna like ignore thing? yeah
2: really R- yeah uh, I mean yeah
0: they didn't they didn't say anything or talk about any of that so that was interesting to me. Uh, Speaking of interesting, come down to Spring Valley Golf, and play two courses in one, offering nine holes link style and nine holes traditional tree line. You're going to love the newly renovated green style bunkers with a European twist. Stacked bunker walls. Come and try the fast and true greens that an 18-hole championship course delivers or get lessons from our PGA professional golf pros. And then eat at our award-winning restaurant. Spring Valley Golf Club is in Elizabeth, just a few miles from Parker and less than 45 minutes from downtown Denver. Just off the beaten path, but closer than you think. Book your tee time today at springvalleygolf.com. Have you played out there, Chase?
1: I have not played Spring Valley. I don't go to Elizabeth very often, to be honest. I
0: have. Uh, where's, where is Elizabeth?
1: Kind of by Parker, but way
0: out Okay, because okay, nowhere. they said by Parker. I guess I played a baseball game at Elizabeth, and it was really windy, and that was my only Elizabeth experience.
2: I want want to learn how to play golf.
0: Uh, I don't
2: think I have the patience for it. I've only played it once in my life, and it was very irritating. Chase um, a good golfer.
0: Ryan's a good golfer. Yeah. We got some big, good golfers in the fam here.
2: I know we should definitely go golfing. Top, um, top golf. Yeah, it's just frustrating sport, and I just I respect anyone who plays it and who. Is good at it. I feel like it's one of those sports you need to learn when you're young. I just, I was 20 when I went and played a real course once, and I like lost every single ball, and it was just really miserable and hot out. And so, you know, I want to give it another try, but I respect anyone who likes golf because I really think it's a really challenging sport. Like, anyone can pick up a basketball and like try and shoot a hoop, you know, or like soccer. But like golf is just really hard. Sorry, that was just a really random take, but I just
0: I don't know, one of my favorite quotes about golf is uh Yeah, golf is hard, but so is throwing an M&M into a life raft in the ocean. That doesn't mean anyone tries to do it. <laughs> like that's how I feel about golf all the time. It's just like, why are you doing this thing? My dad even said to me the other day, he's trying to retire. He's like, I think I'm going to start playing golf. I'm like, why? Like, why don't you just play beer league softball or something that's, like, not the hardest thing in the world to possibly do?
2: It's just relaxing because you get to walk around, I think, and, like, be outside. I really don't know. I it's don't want really ha- to worry about
0: where my balls are going all the time.
2: Okay. It's just a really frustrating sport, in my opinion. Um, but.
1: I'm not going to argue with that. I get more frustrated than anyone on the golf course, but. Really? I that's don't know why I like it so much, but, but I go out every single time. Because yeah. you're a hockey
0: player. That's why I can't do <laughs> golf. Because I'm a hockey player. I can't. I need the instant gratific- gratis- 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 gratification. Gratification. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say gratification and satisfaction, but gratification. Uh, that's gonna be a BSM buffs T-shirt. We're gonna, we're trying to work on oh, podcast really? T-shirts, so we should do. No. Uh, gratis- no one buy it. Transitioning a little bit, I think it's time to talk about this year's uh, basketball team or what has been going on with the basketball team as of late. Uh, We'll start with what is leaving, and that is Derek White. Uh, Derek White had a spectacular NBA draft combine, and he had his first workout with a team with Indiana on Monday, and he had another workout on Wednesday. Uh, or he has another workout on Wednesday. Today's Tuesday, a podcast on Thursday. So he had another workout on Wednesday with Milwaukee. And we keep hearing really good things about Derek, and he keeps climbing up the draft boards to the point where it was like, this guy is too old to go to the NBA. He's probably not even going to be a free agent. To now we're talking about Derek White being a legitimate first-round pick.
2: Yeah, I think the um, last uh, draft draft, mock draft that I saw uh he was taken at 26 by the Pelicans he really everyone is rooting for him in the first round which is really exciting Tad Boyle had a quote on it um saying that he's not surprised at all with what Derek did for their program last year and what he believes he can do in the NBA I
0: mean where Derek is gonna go or is scheduled to go right now at the end of the first round uh makes sense too because if you're a young and developing team team such as the 76ers, you're gonna want to draft a guy that's a freshman, that is a prospect, and it's gonna take a few years for him to develop, but he has a higher upside. If you're at the end of the first round, you likely made the playoffs last year. And not only that, you're likely just looking for something to contribute now. Derek White's going to be 23, he's going to be close to his peak right when he steps into the NBA. I mean, Derek's going to be stepping into a situation where he could be a backup point guard on a playoff team next year.
2: Yeah, I think he has a really good shot at that, and I'm not surprised that he just kind of went up the scale and people were surprised by this. He just keeps getting better, at least from what we've seen um, from him playing last year and just him at um, the combine and et cetera him at practices he just honestly keeps getting better and it's really cool that we get to hopefully get to see him play again because
0: he was a great addition to the buffs when was the last the last first round pick was Alec Burks right Chase
1: yeah I think it was
0: Spencer went right after uh, or did Andre went in the first yeah, round yeah I think it was Andre went right yeah Andre went at the end of the first round so you will have three first round picks in the Tad Boyle era if he goes. And we've had how many players drafted in the Tad Boyle era? You've had Alec, you've had Andre, you've had Spencer uh, and then you and uh, then it's going to be Derek. Yeah. So I Derek think that's would, it. Derek's going to be the fourth guy drafted and possibly the third no first Josh, round pick. God. No Skia Booker. Yeah, no Josh, no Skia, and then no no, no one else. So uh, and that's a pretty good record for a program that's not historically you know, a blue blood, Um, and it's not like Tad Boyle's recruiting four and five stars constantly. Derek's not even close. Derek was unrated. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, the whole thing that people always post where it's like J.J. Watt was unrated and now he's like the greatest player in the NFL, that'll be the meme with Derek White. It'll be, you know, he was unrated and he still made the NBA. I hate that so much because generally the five – like if you look at the NFL draft this year, I think of the first ten picks – Nine of them were five stars, and one of them was a four star. So it's like those rating systems are pretty accurate. Uh, um,
2: I think it's really cool that Tad Boyle has just so much um, so much hope for him. He continues that quote that I was talking about and says, he rises to every challenge. He feels like he belongs on the biggest stage, and there's no question in my mind after what he did here for us towards the end of the season for us and certainly what he's done in these camps and combines after the season that he's an NBA player, which with him seeing – four of his um, past players go to the NBA. That's really great to see that motivation.
0: Speaking of NBA players and non-NBA players, George King, not an NBA player, at least for now. He's coming back uh, to CU. He declared for the NBA draft without an agent, basically to get an evaluation and see what the process was like. Uh, I was tipped off on Friday that he would be back by George himself, honestly just ran into George. I'm like, Hey, you coming back? It's like, yeah. Uh, I was
2: so confused by that. When I saw, saw that, that, report, was, yeah. that, Ger- uh, that George King was like going to try to be in the NBA. I was just like,
0: wait, there's no point what? not to. No. Yeah.
1: Good for George King. He took advantage of the system. He went through the process. And got George is a
2: smart so guy. Do a lot of people do that. Like for yeah. me, yeah. that was the first thing I had ever heard. Uh, and I was so confused by it. And I was like, after last year's season, like, are you kidding me? Like, George King is a great player, but after last year's season, I don't think he's NBA material, so I was just very surprised with that.
1: I'm not sure if he did it this year, but last year, Coach Cal had every player on Kentucky declare for the draft because of the new rule where if you don't hire an agent, you're still allowed to go through the process, and you can pull out before the draft. Uh, Even his son, Little Calipari, went through the draft process last year, which it's... It's so what's nice the
2: benefit of going through the process?
1: Because you can learn what to work on in order to get drafted the next year. If so you're not they grade con- and you,
2: and they're like, oh, you need to work on this, or you need to do yeah. that. Do they something? They There's
1: a bunch of scouts there that, that will tell you that. And you you get to see if you would be drafted. I mean, people, if George King was good enough, they would have told him, hey, you're a second-rounder. You should go to the draft.
2: Yeah. But oh, – Yeah, I was shocked when I saw that, and I'm not really surprised that he's coming back. Um I think if he does well this season, there's definitely a chance for him to go to the NBA, but just after last year's season, I just was like, what?
0: <laughs> uh, well, I mean, George was so good two years ago, uh, and I think the only reason George wasn't good last year, and I I don't think he was bad, but I think – I don't
2: think he was bad, but he definitely wasn't his
0: best. And that's because of usage. You look at George uh, in – um, 2015, 2016, and he had basically zero competition on the outside. It was basically him getting all the outside shots and perimeter looks with George, K- with Josh Scott being down low. George King went from being an outside perimeter player to being an interior player last year, uh, and he led the Buffs in rebounding. I mm-hmm. really don't think George King had a bad year. You just look at his scoring numbers. The shooting percentages dropped, as well as. Uh, as well as some, of the, uh, as some of the point totals. But I think more of that was due to Derek White and kind of the way the Buffs were running their offense.
2: But to me, it seemed like just George King, I guess he didn't stand out to me because he didn't seem like a big leader um, at all with the team, and they really needed that leadership. And it seemed like Derek White was the one who stepped up um, to fill that role. But I really thought George King, with his experience with the team, Uh, he would have stepped up on that role. So to me, he just didn't make that much of an impact.
0: Well, George, I think, expected Wes Gordon and Xavier Johnson to step up as leaders uh, because, you know, they had been around longer and it was their duty to step up as leaders. My big prediction coming into this season that George King was going to be the leader of this team. Well, I think 100% George King is going to be the leader of this next year's club. And the reason I know this is from a couple conversations I've had with players and in the group chat that all the players use to, you know, communicate and talk about what their plans are and to organize practices and shoot arounds and all this other stuff that the coaches can't be involved with over the offseason. George King's really leading that from what I've been told Um, to the point where he's starting to come up with some team mottos and I won't drop any yet because I don't think they're supposed to be public. But George King, just trust me on this, has really stepped up for a leader already for this team uh, before it was even announced that he was coming back.
1: Also, another reason for his so-called downfall last year was because the year before, teams were preparing for Josh Scott. They knew that they had to stop Josh Scott in order to win. This year, they're looking at George King, and they're saying, we have to stop that guy.
0: Yeah, and uh, going into next year, George is going to be so essential not only as a leader but inside – uh, they really don't have that many big men. It's Tory Miller and George King. And then when you start to go down the lineup, you know, people are asking me if Dallas Walton's going to contribute next year. I have a hard time believing Dallas Walton's going to play more than 10 minutes a game. And if he does, I don't I don't think I don't think anyone's going to want Dallas Walton on the floor that much. I think you're going to want Dallas Walton on the floor in two years, not this next year. Uh, I think Evan Batty's going to be a bigger contributor. Uh, bigger contributor next year than Dallas Walton, but still Evan Batty's only six foot nine. George is just as big as Evan Batty, really. Uh, so Tory Miller at you know six ten is going to be CU's big man, and he's going to be their biggest guy. You still got Lucas Seward, but Lucas Ske- Skewert, or Seward or Seaward wants to play on the perimeter. Yeah. Uh, so when you're looking at this team next year. George is really going to have to continue that inside scoring presence because I don't think that they have another guy that's a really good inside scorer. Torrey Miller upped his percentages inside, but when you look at what the what CU's biggest hole is going to be, it's probably inside scoring, and George King's going to have to do that. Last year it was Xavier Johnson and George King, and both of those guys are really perimeter players.
1: You're exactly right about that, Jake. And another guy I would just throw into there would be Tyler Bay because – that guy can get to the rack, from what I've seen on the tape. But he's not an, an a post guy, but he can get to the hoop like George King.
0: And it's hard to rely on any any sort of uh, uh, what's it called. It's hard to rely on any sort of freshman, and and, and that's kind of where I'll leave it before I tell you Except about.
1: Except Tad will have to rely on a few freshmen next year.
0: Yeah, because and he's got a great recruiting class, so he can't. But i got to tell you about Jackson's Hole, which opened up in March of 1977 and quickly became Jesus, the place Jay- for watching sports. It quickly became the place for watching sports. It didn't slowly become the place for watching sports, alley.
2: Could uh, you breathe in between that, though? Almost four years later Jackson's Hall <laughs> okay, American Sports no. Grill
0: is good. Uh, gate, uh, there you go. I I'm too far away from my computer. It's <laughs> keeping your reputation alive. There's 65- and 70-inch TVs everywhere. The food, well, it's still amazing. And they're almost... Almost 30 beers on tap. Just almost 30 beers on tap, including 29. table taps that you can control. Yeah, <laughs> so what is almost 29 30? 29 and a half. <laughs> How do you get a half beer? Like you have have Coors and Coors Light on yeah. tap. That only counts as a half. <laughs> including table taps that you can control at your own booth if you really are trying to get, get drowned and uh, you, you know where to go. 19. Come down to Jackson's All-American Sports Grill in Greenwood Village off Arapahoe and I-25, the original sports grill.
2: I think something that we should do this summer on the lovely summer pod is have each of us try and read readers the best way.
0: I have them right in front of me if you wanna read them.
2: Um no, I need preparation. <laughs> I can't just go right off the back.
0: I can go with one right now. Do you want me to try do you wanna do do you want me to do Jake reading voice for all of Jackson's? No,
2: you're already good at it. We need to see if we can compete. Chase, with do it. you wanna
0: try? We, no. we can do it later. We
2: can do it. You know Ryan will get really into it and he'll try and be like amazing at it.
0: Yeah. Well, I I think I'll be better. I think him.
2: yeah. I think you will. I too. just I, I literally just did voiceover
0: work with Ryan and I was frustrated the whole time because I was thinking I could do this like, better. Let me see. Here, read Jackson's right here.
2: Jackson, Jackson's, <laughs> Jackson's well. Uh, I can't even talk as but fast. But you don't as need you. to talk fast. Like but you're I supposed to talk try slow. It.
0: You want you want me to do as fast as I can? Yes. Jackson's Hole opened up in March of 1977 and quickly became the place for watching sports. Almost 40 years later, Jackson's All American Sports Grill is keeping their reputation alive. There's 65 and 70 inch TVs everywhere. The food is still amazing. There's almost 30 beers on tap, including table taps that you control at your own booth. Come down to Jackson's All American Sports Grill of Greenwood Village, off at Arapaho and I-25. The original sports grill.
2: I could not even attempt to do that. You should be a...
0: auctioneer. Oh, auctioneer. My mom yes. keeps telling me I should be an you auctioneer. You really should just get if into
2: that as a side hobby. <laughs> as a side gig. Yeah, why not? You get good money for that.
0: Because, uh, and it, it's going to sound very pretentious and oh bourgeoisie. Uh, but what I will say, yeah, it is a word. Yeah. I added an auctioneer uh, on it. Uh, it's French.
2: Bourgeois. bourgeois is a word, but bourgeois. Bougie. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, well, I was trying to. Well, that's where bougie comes from. It's whatever. Because uh, Karl Marx's middle class in a utopian society would be bourgeois right? I think that's right. what that is. It that's where I think bougie comes from. Uh,
1: all right, so you didn't want to sound pretentious and all yeah, bourgeois continue
0: <laughs> You know what? I made my point. <laughs> I made my point. Uh, anyway, uh, we also got some other stuff on the podcast. Allie, which thing are we talking about?
2: Um, so um, at the Champion Center, CU installed a new installation called Wall of Champions.
0: Instala- they installed, they a, new installed instala- a new installation.
2: That <laughs> uh, It's called Wall of Champions, and it features eight six-foot by three-foot installation pieces.
0: So all things that are bigger than me.
2: (laughs) And it um, features eight different athletes, um, including each athlete. um, Each athlete, what was it? We're standouts in their sports at the professional level. So the eight that they are um, representing are golfer Emily Talley, soccer Nikki Marshall, track standouts Jenny Simpson and Emma Coburn. And then basketball player Chauncey Billups, and then football players Chad Brown and Nate Solder. Um, and as a football player for CU and skier in the Olympics and Team USA, Jeremy Bloom. Um, so that's pretty cool.
0: That's really cool. Uh, I, my friend the other day was on campus. Uh, he goes, I'll meet you by the Chauncey statue. I'm like, What Chauncey statue? They got a Chauncey statue? He's like, oh, no, it's a Ralphie statue. I just was from far away. I assumed it was Chauncey. I didn't know they would have another statue. And that got me to thinking, why doesn't Chauncey have his own statue at CU? Uh, to which uh, I guess him getting another honor like this is uh, not the same, but as is of value. I guess they don't have any statues to student athletes. It's just different Ralphies around campus. So...
2: Yeah, so this installation is um, part of a process that they're trying to make in the Champion Center, Center, Shener. Shener. the Champion Center, um, to when, showcase.
0: When are they going to stop? Be be done? When are they going to be done building this thing already?
2: I don't know, but, no, but they still have more installations to come. Um, trying to showcase CU's pride, tradition, and uh, trying to connect to CU athletes and with the community. So
1: sounds like they made some good choices
0: with those with eight. With
2: the, yeah. You know, yeah.
0: Pretty recognizable. Somewhat, I mean, I knew all those names. I don't think they left that. I mean, they, they obviously left people out that I could think of, but those are probably the people that have had the most prolific pro careers, unless you're going to put, like, Alfred Williams on there. Um, yeah, I think it was
2: mainly uh, that they succeeded um, at CU in their collegiate careers, but they also were standouts in their pro career.
0: I mean, Alfred Williams is probably the best example of that. So that was kind of – it's weird that he isn't in that. The, wh- those guys are all people I think of that were good at CU and then went on to have great pro careers, um, which instead of guys that were great at CU and then went on to have good pro careers like an Alec Burks mm-hmm. or, uh, I don't know, or a Sean Salam. I'm curious how the selection
2: process happened. like there's only eight installations so Rick how George and Lance
0: Carl sat together in an office and picked eight names. Yeah, so That's they wanted probably. to try and
2: get as many different sports as possible. Right. Um, and then football I mean it's
0: nice of them to like not just do football because like, I didn't even know that they let non-football athletes in that place.
2: Yeah, it's a student center.
0: Yeah, student sure.
1: Everyone works out there.
2: At least that cafeteria, whenever we go for press conferences, there's different pe- – there isn't just football players there.
0: Yeah, but, like, that's the only part that is, like, also – there's a couple parts in there that are not just football players, and the IPF is used by a couple different sports uh, Yeah, as that's well. what I was about to say. And, and so the cafeteria. But, like, a majority of the champion center is just football, and then everything else is still kind of endowed work, and it's yeah. just connected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's funny because, like, I've been behind the scenes in Dal Ward and, like, you still have to, like, go outside to get into the Champion Center from Dal Ward. Like, that's the best way. So, like, you're still – like, all the athletes, it's still kind of subliminal, but you feel like you're not equal to the football players because you're you're kind of not even in the same building.
2: Yeah, there's certain – I mean, they're trying – when I went to that Regents meeting, they're really trying to have it so that every player feels equal in every sense. I mean, you did a package on it. Um Like they're creating a lacrosse field, Um, they're giving new locker rooms to lacrosse and soccer. I didn't say that they should
0: be doing that, I just said that they feel, I mean, it's nice that they should let other athletes feel the same, but I don't think we should confuse it, because I hung out with a women's soccer player this week, and I told her that the women's soccer team loses money for the school. And she did not believe me. I said, yeah, every program on campus loses money for CU besides the football team. And actually, almost every single program across the country besides, a few, besides football programs lose money. And she didn't understand it, to which got me thinking, especially with this topic, why are we making any of these athletes feel equal? The football players are obviously well, the top dogs.
1: I mean, all you have to do is walk into the football locker room and know that they're not equal.
0: Right, like – like, the locker rooms the women's soccer team have are, like, legitimate locker rooms. The locker room the football team has is, like, a fucking palace. Uh-huh. It's pristine. It's their own house.
2: But they're trying. I mean, everyone right now in this century is trying, or, like, in this year is trying to have everything be equal. So oh, I'm not that's saying men's and women's shouldn't be no, no, equal. No, no, I'm just I'm saying, saying that's is why, why it's a topic. Like, like because the, they yeah, want everything to be equal, not just women and like men. we shouldn't even it's let the men's basketball anything.
0: team think they're on the same playing field as the men's football team
2: obviously um CU football brings in the most revenue which makes sense as to why they have certain things that are nicer because they do bring in the most biggest revenue and they are one of those um, sports that need those big flashy things to get good recruits uh, well, like soccer, of course, girls soccer would love to have those big shiny things, but they can prove their worth through their playing a little more. They don't need those fancy things. And they don't have
1: to compete with other teams that have that really fancy, fancy yeah. things, which the football team does.
2: Arms, race. But I thought it was nice that they had different sports. I mean, they do have three football players. And then the rest are different well. One's athletes. kind of a it was skier. Well, Jeremy he was a skier I mean, for Olympic, but Olympics. Jeremy
0: Bloom was known in his post-football, in his post-Buff's career for skiing. Um, yeah. And even when he was at CU, he's only a kick returner uh, for the Buffs. So that w- he's really a skier. Uh, if you're, I bet you because it'll be a picture of Jeremy. I bet you it'll be him. Skiing. It'll be
2: skiing. Yeah.
0: Um, the other thing we have to talk about on this podcast that we forgot to do last week. Is Allie, uh has been giving her tip of the week all summer. <laughs> uh, basically, something weird happens to her because she's a girl, and she is a good-looking girl. Uh, so, men will fancy at her from time to time. But apparently, men don't know how to fancy at someone. And you probably shouldn't say fancy. Yeah, and let's that'll stop just you say, That'll Can just say that'll just say everything you need to know. Is that okay? Uh, well, most of the tips have come to me because I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, but, Allie, uh, something happened to you this week, and you need to give a tip to someone. No, I
2: actually I actually decided to change my tip. Oh. I said something to... Is it
0: something that I did today? No. Okay, good.
2: <laughs> no, I just thought of a better thing. I think uh, guys need to learn a little something called personal space. Uh, don't get in a girl's bubble. Everyone has their bubbles. Do not start just getting so close to them and talking really close to them because they're going to immediately assume... You're creepy. Unless you're Zac Efron, Ryan Reynolds type of guy, then most girls would be like, okay, this is a little weird, but look at this god. Then they won't think that's weird. But anyone who gets super close to you at a bar, like obviously you can be squished at a bar and it's uncomfortable, but if you're just like on purpose, like there's room in the room, and you're up close to someone's face, that's not Good and don't like randomly try and touch Them to have that inner like physical Interact like just feel the vibe Just don't be weird That's just like the underlying meaning Don't
0: be a douche Again (laughs) uh, Chase listens again her tip is don't be a douche No that's not being a douche But you know what Allie I think that's more applicable To everyone than it is just to women Because you know me and how um, I mean do
2: Girl I see I, I my friends and I Don't do that so maybe girls do it too Everyone just needs to understand personal, effing space.
0: Well, either way. Yeah, what what I will say is I can't stand people in general. Uh, but I can't stand when people are in my space. I can't stand when people talk to me, cl- well, at all, but close especially. Uh, so... 100% on board with your tip of the week but apply that to just everybody. I just
2: think it's like it Get the hell away
0: from me. Someone gets
2: when someone gets in your face me. and is so close that like you feel their saliva on you. Oh, I have another tip of the week that's <laughs> so relevant.
0: You killed me on the level <laughs> If you
2: just get to know a group of people, don't be the drunkest person at the party.
0: Who? Who? Huh? What well, it wasn't me at that party we went to, right? No. Okay, and I knew those people. What? Okay, good. Good. How good. did
2: you just assume that? To well, I be definitely you. wasn't the drunk
0: because I just am hoping none of these tips are about me. No.
2: <laughs> How do you not know who that person is about?
0: Oh, I know there who that you is. you go. And you know what? Where did he go to college? CSU probably. Yup. And where did? What did he keep talking about? Oh no, that's not
2: who I was talking about. You're very confused.
0: Who? Oh! There you go. <laughs> but I thought you were talking about Tyler Ziskin's 30th birthday party. No. Not the other party we went to. No. Um, don't this is bad
1: radio. Guys, say.
2: don't be... All right, Chase. <laughs> don't... If you just get to know a group of people, like, you literally just met them, like, a week ago, please, everyone, do not be the drunkest person at the party. You know, if it'd be more acceptable if everyone was at your level, but... Jake and I recently, Jake Ryan and I recently went to a party where this one guy, he didn't really know many people at the party. The people he did know, he knew for a week. He got so drunk to the point where he was bawling his eyes out at anything anyone would say. And he would just randomly stand up in the middle of anything and say, I love life. This is a beautiful life. Um... And none of us knew him well enough To even know where he lived And no one at that party was Like At his level So it just made The situation Really really uncomfortable So you know like You want to get at that level With people you trust Just a tip Just try and do that With people you trust Who can actually help you Go home
0: That's going to wrap up this week's BSN Buffs podcast. But before we completely finish, I have to say one more thing. uh, He was just trying to get me to
2: be quiet. Yeah. Uh,
0: Which is I roasted the champions extra expert. I think it's a terrible slogan for a football team. What it is great for is when you're drinking with a couple football players. You are the one Champions do extra. Way. That has been the BSN Buff Podcast for the week. Jake here, Jay Sal, Ali Monroy. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, up. Uh,
2: I just saw it and it seems like an interesting topic with the three people Chansey, Billups, Chauncey Phillips, Chauncey, t- Chauncey, whatever. I pronounce things, pronounce things differently. People will massacre.
0: Oh, oh Tony Chauncey,
2: uh-huh. Chauncey, Chance, Chaun- Chauncey. So how, how did I say yeah, it? Mean he said Chauncey. <laughs> That's the way I read it. Chauncey Phillips, and then tip of the week, and then best borders. We if have, you want to do best borders,
0: oh, we also have male rompers.
2: Yes, I already said that twice.
0: So it's one of the first topics we got male rompers course. Center hunk scoreboard Derek White, George King
2: New all shit if you want to talk new about wall. that and then Best borders and tip of the week
0: Okay Cool, so we're leading off the podcast with rompers If cool. you want Or we Fuck could you. do
2: it with course <laughs> The new scoreboard
0: Okay We're doing rompers first then Fine.